0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. How seriously do we take our devotion and holiness to Jesus? Do we consider the effect that it has in our lives and the lives of others? Let's open to Daniel 1 and examine what a life of meaningful devotion and holiness looks like. well good morning and uh, welcome back It's been a while since we've done a teaching for those of you that wait earnestly to get to the next teaching there hasn't been one in a while over a month I apologize uh, I've actually been been gone with my wife in Singapore and we uh we did have a wonderful time man it was it was good i I appreciate all those in Singapore who uh, were just such a blessing to us. My parents, uh, Mama mom, Papa, Martin and Peggy, and my sister-in-law Lierne, I uh, thank you for just your hospitality and just the way you open your homes and really just really go out of your way to, to cater to particularly me. For those of you who don't know, uh, Singapore is an extremely hot and humid place. As a 50-year-old American, I get I get uncomfortable rather easily i've come to learn that i'm i'm spoiled and uh i like my comforts my sister-in-law adroitly pointed that out to me thank you Learn. but yeah just thank you to everyone uh, miss uh miss gwenda and miss linds as always thank you for your and just your blessing to us and picking us up and dropping us off and getting us to the airport picking us up and just everything that you guys do just always going out of your way. I, uh, I appreciate you ladies very, very much. Man, golly, just everyone. I, uh, you know, uh, I apologize. Um, uh, Andy and Susanna, and uh, I'm sorry we didn't get more time to meet her. Really didn't. We, we did see you that one time, and I, that was nice. Um, Edmund and Sue Ern. Um, I just, uh, it's like I get over socialized. And so, uh, please forgive me, man. I look forward to, uh, to getting together. So anyway, I just thank you guys, uh, one and all Mamella. Thank you for, uh, just the wonderful dinner and the time there. I missed you. Omella. man, miss Mandy. I, uh, I just, our time together was blessed and, uh, I look forward to, uh, to us just rocking for Jesus together very, very much. So, thank you very much, guys. Again, all the hospitality there was just uh, just amazing. Miss Hannah, thank you for the wonderful lasagna that got me through a while while uh, while Miss May and uh, Lierne were in uh, were in Cambodia. So, and I want to thank all the you know everybody back home, man, who just kept rocking for Jesus. I uh, appreciate y'all, um, all you guys you know, Jose and Josh, thank you guys just for what you do. Tom and, and Jesse, I, you know, I just appreciate you guys. And, uh, again, the, the work that you put in, Stephen, thank you just for, uh, for your hard work, uh, you know, just doing all the IT stuff for the ministry. Thank you for it. Stephen works hard to get these things out to you quickly and efficiently as soon as we're, as soon as we got them done. Uh, my daughters, Kristen and Lauren, I love you guys. And, uh, you know i just appreciate your uh you know your work and effort just to advance the kingdom of god father we just thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives we do uh we do invite you into this time we invite you into our our home and our hearts we just invite you into everything we put our hands to whether it's spiritually physically emotionally financially or relationally lord we we just ask your blessing we invite you into this time now we invite you into this teaching lord we love you and we bless you and we thank you i thank you lord for for all these people lord in singapore in the u.s and all over the world lord the favor and blessing on us lord i just thank you again for all those in our ministry um jordan and melanie just uh just thank you for being solid and and all the different things you do and along with all the people at kingdom discipleship lord and uh and, and all those in Singapore, again, that were uh, that were such a blessing to us. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. We ask you to bless this time, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, so please forgive me for anyone that I didn't mention that blessed me. I'm sure there were some in there, and uh, and I love you guys, too. This morning, we're going to do Daniel 1. We're going to try to get through this chapter and uh, just see some remarkable things. Daniel is just, Daniel is big. You know, Daniel is, is just a, is an amazing man. Biblically, his devotion is, is unparalleled. You really can't find anyone in the scriptures more devoted than Daniel. So let's go ahead. We'll read the chapter and then we'll get right into it. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia, and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Aspenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the other young men who eat the royal food, and treat your servants in accordance with what you see." So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. All right. Well, thank you, Lord Jesus. So we see in verse one and in verse two that Jehoiakim is, uh, is invaded by Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem is taken over. It's occupied and people are taken captive and many things are taken captive. Verse two says, and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God says he went on to to carry them off uh, to Babylonia and put him into the 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 god of Babylonians the little g god you know when we read this we really want to we want to look at this and say you know are there are there any areas in your life today where the lord has delivered you over to some worldliness what's happened here is that Judah and Jerusalem have been disobedient, and they've been consistently disobedient. So is such that now they're, they're coming under discipline, and, and it's hard. And so what are the areas of our lives today? What are the areas where the Lord has perhaps delivered us over to, uh, to the worldliness that we've been walking in, and where have we been taken captive what are the areas of our life that have been invaded where we've been besieged where we have had some things taken from us it says that there were there were very precious articles carried off and taken away perhaps there are some things in your life today that uh, some blessings that the lord has taken away because of a, a lack of faithfulness father i do ask you to reveal to us reveal to me father and my and my wife may, Lord, reveal to us the, the areas of our lives, Lord, where, where we're missing some blessings or some blessings have been taken away because, because of our lack of faithfulness, Lord. Um, Father, we love you and we thank you. We ask you to help us, Lord, to repent um, just for the different areas of our lives, Lord, where we have, you know, where we have been delivered over like Jehoiakim has, Lord, to uh, the worldliness of our own ways, Lord. Father, we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Verse 3, the king ordered Aspenaz, chief of the court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Verse 4, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace he was to teach them the language and literature of the babylonians when you look at the the qualities that nebuchadnezzar was looking to have in these people that he wanted to serve in his kingdom we see some qualities here that are uh that show nebuchadnezzar to be wise he he doesn't have a pride where you know he's only willing to have people of his own kingdom he's where he's only willing to have people of his own race where he's only willing to have you know, those that were brought up in his own land be leaders, uh, be officials, uh, be government officials. But you know, he has a humility to see if there is going to be wisdom and understanding in, uh, in these people he's taken over. And that's a rare quality. And here you have it in this King Nebuchadnezzar. He instructs them to find people that show aptitude for every kind of learning. They're just able to to quickly learn really almost anything. Some of us know people like this in our lives where they can pick up and learn to do something very quickly, whether, whether they can build a house and then they can fix a computer, um, they can write a book. They seemingly can, they have aptitude to learn anything. Uh, certainly that's not me. Um, well-informed, we know people in our lives that just are up to date with whatever's going on in the world on a very deep level. They're informed on just so many different aspects of things. Quick to understand. Like Jose says, they can put two and two together very quickly. And so, when you look at these qualities, these are things that were found in these four men. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Um, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 5. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that were to enter the king's service. And we're going to find that this is going to be material. It's for three years that they're to be trained in the knowledge of the Babylonian Empire. You know, they're, they're supposed to be given the same food and wine that the king drinks every day. Verse 6. Among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. When we get into verse 8 here, we're going to start getting into the real meat of uh, of what we have here. It's remarkable. Verse 8, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. What are the areas of our lives that you and I need to resolve to walk in greater holiness? Daniel resolved, what are the areas that the Lord is going to show us today? Ask the Holy Spirit today to show you where you need to make resolutions in your life today. Father, what areas do I need to resolve in my life to make some changes? Father, what areas are there things that we are doing? What are some areas that, uh, that we're practicing now, some things we're doing that we need to stop, that we need to repent? But Daniel resolved not to defile himself. Father, I ask you to reveal to us today any and all areas of our lives. Individually speak to us, Father, where we can repent over any areas of our lives where we're defiling ourselves, Lord. Any areas of disobedience in our lives, Lord? Uh, any areas where we're just lacking devotion? Areas of indifference in our lives? Father, I ask you to show us where we can and need to resolve not to defile ourselves. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission to, not to defile himself in this way. The devotion here to me is just is remarkable when you see Daniel. You and I don't have to ask for permission to not defile ourselves for the most part. Rarely, if ever, we're free to, to make our choices and to obey the word of God. And we're free to disobey it. But Daniel here has to ask for permission. And you're going to notice he's going to have to go the extra mile to get permission to not defile himself. Father, we just ask you to help us to to begin this process. Father, help us to have this spirit, this thoughtfulness of Daniel, Lord, um, in our lives in all the different ways, Lord, and and that that we need to to really walk more intimately with you and more holy with you and and more devoted and devout with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to find here that because of Daniel's devotion, because of his just tremendous desire to walk intimately and holy with God, that he's going to have favor with God. Verse 9, now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. If we will decide to truly have a lifestyle where we don't defile ourselves, but we have a lifestyle where we will increasingly walk in greater holiness and greater devotion with Jesus you will certainly find that you will find more favor with your Heavenly Father. Now make no mistake, this has nothing to do with your salvation, uh, this has nothing to do with having our sins forgiving, that has nothing to do with our our lifestyle. We're saved completely and only and totally by what Jesus has done on our behalf and in our place at the cross. Thank you Lord Jesus. So Again, it has nothing to do with our salvation. However, our lifestyle and how we walk with Jesus will very much decide the favor we have with God or the favor that we do not have. And Daniel's devotion here brings him to verse 9 and that the Lord shows favor to Daniel with this man. It says, now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. And the Lord will cause favor in our lives and will cause people to show us favor. Verse 10, it says that although the Lord had shown favor, the official says, no, I, you know, I can't do it. And it's interesting what the Lord is doing here. Verse 10 says, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. And so, Daniel is going out of his way to make sure that he stays clean, that he doesn't disobey the word of God, and he's not given the okay by the man in charge. But what you'll find that Daniel does do is he'll just keep going. Verse 11 says, Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Verse 12, please test your servants for 10 days. And he's going to go on to ask his permission. So when he's told no by the first man that he cannot not eat the the king's food and wine, he doesn't take no for an answer. And Lord, I I ask you to show me the areas in my life and show each of us the areas in our lives where we need to, to persevere, Lord, to truly resolve, Lord, to... To walk with you more intimately, and to go that extra mile, like Daniel, Lord, help each of us just to, to have this heart and spirit of Daniel, Lord, and uh, that we might walk more intimately with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I, uh, when I look at this, I think that I probably would have justified by this time that it's okay to to go ahead and eat the food and wine. I mean, after all, I did all I could. I mean, I went to the boss. I asked him if we could not eat the, the king's food and wine. He said no. So, I mean, what am I going to do? And then there are there are areas in my life where I, I really can see that I do that. It's something I need to repent over. But not Daniel. Daniel's resolved to truly walk in a way that's pleasing to God. And undoubtedly, because Daniel has a faith beyond what, what I do. Daniel understands the consequences and the intimacy that are available to him if he will resolve to truly walk in a devout and holy way with Jesus. And Father, I ask you to show us that today, to give us a revelation of that today, that each decision we make to obey you and to walk with you, each decision we make to repent, Lord, of, of anything in our lives that's not of you, any sin we've been walking in, does draw us more intimately into our relationship with you. Father, help us to see that today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now remember, your Father never loves you more or less. Our Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, they don't love us any more or any less based on what we do that never changes, just like our love for our children doesn't change based on their good behavior or bad behavior. But what does change is our pleasure with our children. And it's the same with our Heavenly Father. The more we obey Him and do what the Word of God says, the more pleased He is with us, and the more He can entrust us with, with our children, that that do what we ask them to do, and they're obedient, and they live in in the way that we tell them to do in a right way, we're going to bless them and entrust them with more. But if our children are disobedient and they're rebellious, well, we're we're, we're not going to entrust them. You're not going to perhaps get your license at 16 years old. You're not going to be entrusted with more money. And it's the same with our Heavenly Father. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 14, so he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Now, again, as a side note, Daniel goes out of his way to ask to be tested. I personally don't enjoy the times of testing in my life. Uh, times of testing just represent times of difficulty. Personally, I don't enjoy it. I don't know that I've ever asked for it. Lord, please test me. Testing is difficult the Lord to test us will put us in a situation to see if we're able to get through the situation, if we're able to pass the test. And in order to see if you're capable of passing the test, there has to be challenges of some kind. Daniel asks and requests to be tested for 10 days. Now, I find it funny here that he asked not only for himself, but for the other three guys. If I was there, I might've said to Daniel, you know, man, man, I I know you're you're ahead above everybody else but man bro I really didn't want to be tested. I I don't appreciate this whole testing thing. And it's one thing if you want to have yourself tested but but you went ahead and volunteered us for testing. Um now obviously these are, are incredible men of God and they're delighted with it as well. But you know try to imagine in your life uh, with a brother or sister in Christ that goes to the Lord and and asked to be tested and ask for you to be tested as well. So all of a sudden, you come into a season in your life or a time in your life where, where, you know, it's hard and it's difficult and you don't know what's going on. And then you have a brother or sister say they've been earnestly praying to God for you that you would be tested. I'd probably be a little off put. Undoubtedly, I would. But Daniel requests that they be tested. Because he knows what's on the other side of it. Uh, Father, I ask you just to, to give us some kind of enlightenment to this, this level of devotion. Um, it, it, I'm nowhere close to this in my life, Father. But, uh, but I thank you for the word of God. And I thank you for Daniel. Sure enough, verse 15. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Daniel asked to be tested, they go through the test, they do what the Lord has put on their heart to do, and sure enough, the blessing is there. And if we will be tested, and if we will come out on the side and we'll pass the test, and we'll obey the word of God, we too will be healthier and better nourished in every aspect of our lives. We'll be better, what will it be, Melanie? We'll be better nourished spiritually, physically, Emotionally, financially, and relationally. Is that right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, to pass the tests in our lives that we may come out looking and feeling healthier and better nourished than we ever have in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 16. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Again, this is just not an easy thing. The king's food. And wine would have been the best food available in the world. And the best wine available in the world. And remember, these men were taken captive. They're really slaves in another country. But they were offered like this incredible food. I would have mistaken... I think I would have mistaken this for the Lord's blessing. I think that if I was taken captive somewhere and... I was offered some things that, you know, that weren't God's will. If I was offered this food, I think that I would have seen it as a blessing of the Lord. I would have thought, man, Lord, well thank you for blessing me with this incredible food and this wonderful wine. Um, because you know this is a hard situation. I think I'd have missed the Holy Spirit. Not Daniel, though. Father, I ask you to help us, Lord, just to that end. Father, sometimes, Father, I think we see, we see blessings in our lives where they're really not blessings. So, Father, I ask you to give us eyes that see today and ears that hear that we might truly understand the blessings that are blessings, but we would also truly understand when the things we think are blessings are truly not blessings for us to enjoy and endure. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This aspect in Daniel that's so profound it's i don't even know how to how to put words to it when you have favor with somebody when when god has granted you favor with a person to what end do you use that favor when daniel has favor the first priority he has when he has favor with someone of influence when he has favor with any individual is daniel wants to utilize that favor that he might live a more devout and holy life before Jesus. Now, think about this. Think about the profoundness of this. When the vast majority of us find favor in a situation, you know, wherever we are, our first instinct is generally to always utilize that favor to better our worldly situation. So, you know, our our boss at work wants to wants to give us a promotion or or wants to bring us in or, or likes us. And so our first instinct is to is to utilize that favor so that we might have a better position in our job, right? So that we could get promoted, so that we can make more money. It's so profound that I I looked in my own life and I didn't I had not seen any of this in my own life. Um, in my study, and you know, when I was looking through one of the old church fathers and he pointed out this principle to me, I was so taken back. Father, I ask you to help us today to somehow begin to utilize the favor in our lives with a priority toward increasing holiness. Father, help us to be like Daniel, that our first instinct when we have favor is is to see how we can utilize that favor to to sin less. Daniel, it says, finds favor with the chief official. And the first thing he does is try to utilize that favor to not defile himself or to not sin. Father, I ask you to help us to utilize the favor in our lives, wherever it is and with whomever it is, that we might defile ourselves less that we might live in a more uh, devout and holy way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Golly, thank you, Lord Jesus. It's, It's so profound. Verse 17. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel can understand visions and dreams of all kinds. 18. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, The chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. It's interesting that he didn't only give them knowledge of the Bible, and that would be incredible, and it is incredible. He he didn't just give them knowledge of heavenly things. He didn't just give them knowledge of of biblical things. It says that, that God gave them knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, And then Daniel gets the double blessing. And Daniel can understand visions and dreams of all kinds. The closer we'll walk with Jesus, the greater our devotion to Jesus, the greater knowledge and understanding we'll have in everything. It's interesting because, you know, from the world's point of view, the Christians aren't the smartest people. Most of the smart people in in the world's eyes are those that don't have Jesus. Often those who have Jesus are considered religious. They're considered not to be very smart. They're considered to need a crutch. But what we find here in this chapter is we find that the smartest people in the world are these four guys that are devout and devoted to God. And because of their devotion, they're not just smarter and wiser than the smart and wise people in the world. It says in verse 20 that they're 10 times smarter. And that is a, that's a big deal. Verse 20 is heavy. It's not often the Bible speaks in this way. What is it like to be 10 times smarter? So when you take these wise men, these magicians and enchanters in Babylonia, Uh, Remember, Babylonia would have been the, the pinnacle of world knowledge at that time. And so these people would have been the smartest people that the world, quote unquote, had to offer. In come these four guys from Israel. And only for three years are they trained. The wise men and women in Babylonia would have been there their whole lives, whatever it is, 30, 40, 50 years, three years. These four men come in and after three years, the king tests them and they are 10 times smarter. It says they have 10 times the wisdom and understanding of all others. Sometimes we really have no idea how much is available to us in Jesus. Sometimes we don't realize that if we'll be more devoted to Jesus, if we'll walk more intimately with Jesus, if we'll repent of the areas of defilement in our lives and we'll resolve not to defile ourselves but to live a holy life, there'll be so many blessings open up to us that we can't ask or imagine, as Paul said. Here we have a blessing of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom the more intimately we'll walk with the Lord, the more He'll open your mind and give you even greater knowledge, even greater wisdom, and greater understanding. Imagine the smartest person you know. We all know people that are that are uh, that are tremendously smart. Um, so many of the Singaporeans are tremendously smart. The, the Singaporean Christians are are amazingly smart. Certainly much smarter than myself. But imagine what it would be like to be 10 times smarter. Just to be twice as smart. Think of the, you know, think what it would be like to be twice as smart as Gwenda. Twice as smart. You you can't even imagine that. Now, now Gwenda is is a devout woman of God. But the more we give ourselves to walking with Jesus and to loving him, into obeying him, into repenting when we failed. The more all these things will open up to us. Here we find that the smartest guys in the room are not worldly people, as we tend to see today, but they're those that are devoted to God. And it'll be the same for us today. The Lord's heart is that that we be the, the people with the most knowledge and understanding and wisdom. But in order to do that, we have to be devoted. Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your favor on our lives. Father, we thank you for Daniel. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God. We just thank you, Father, for for all you're doing in our lives. Father, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. We ask you to help us, Father, to to live in this way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.